Welcome to the Jeff Casello podcast. I hope all is well with you. We are preparing for Christmas and then the new year. So I've got one more uh, lesson on teachers that I want to get into. I pulled it out of the archives and I think this is so good. I have a daughter who is a teacher and a very, very good one. My thanks to each and every one of the teachers out there, both past, present, and those that are going into this. They are unsung heroes. And each of us should be very thankful to have teachers. I'm sure that many of you can recall your first grade teacher on up and all the contributions they made for your successes. Thank you, teachers, for all that you do, for all that you've done, and all that you continue to do. So let's begin with the W in Christmas. Last December, I vowed to make Christmas a calm and peaceful experience. I'd cut back on non-essential obligations, extensive card writing, endless baking, decorating, and even overspending. Yet still I found myself exhausted, unable to appreciate the precious family moments, and of course, the true meaning of Christmas. My son, Nick, was in, it was in kindergarten that year. Well, it was an exciting season for a six-year-old. For weeks, he'd been memorizing songs for his school's winter pageant. I didn't have the heart to tell him I'd be working the night of the production. Unwilling to miss his shining moment, I spoke with his teacher. She assured me there'd be a dress rehearsal the morning of the presentation. All parents unable to attend that evening were welcome to come then. Fortunately, Nicholas seemed happy with the compromise. So the morning of the dress rehearsal, I filed in 10 minutes early, found a spot on the cafeteria floor and sat down. Around the room, I saw several other parents quietly scampering by their seats. As I waited, students were led into the room. Each class, accompanied by their teacher, sat cross-legged on the floor. Then each group, one by one, rose to perform their song. Because the public school system had long stopped referring to the holiday as Christmas, I didn't expect anything other than fun, commercial entertainments, songs of reindeer, Santa Claus, snowflakes, and good cheer. So when my son's class rose to sing Christmas Love, I was slightly taken aback by its bold title. Nick was aglow, as were all of his classmates, adorned in fuzzy mittens red sweaters, and a bright snow caps upon their heads. Those in the front row, center stage, held up large letters one by one to spell out the title of the song. As the class would sing, C is for Christmas, a child would hold up the letter C. Then H is for happy, and on and on, until each child holding up his portion had presented the complete message, Christmas love. The performance was going smoothly until suddenly we noticed her, this very small, quiet girl in the front row 
holding the letter M upside down. Totally unaware, her letter M appeared as a W. The audience of the first through sixth graders snickered at this little one's mistake. But she had no idea they were laughing at her, so she stood tall, proudly holding her W. Although many teachers tried to shush the children, the laughter continued until the, la the last letter was raised. And then we all saw it together. A hush came over the audience and eyes began to widen. In that instance, we understood the reason we were there. Why we celebrated the holiday in the first place. Why even in the chaos, there was a purpose for our festivities. For when the last letter was held high, the message read loud and clear. Christ was love. And I believe he still is. That was by an author unknown. Wow. Simple mistake. Greatest meaning. Amazing. Just amazing. Hello. This is supposedly the message that the school in California that their staff came up with to record on their school telephone answering machine. Folks, I'm not making this up. This is an actual answering machine. Remember those for the school? This was dated back in the two early 2000s. This came about because they implemented a policy requiring students and parents to be responsible for their children's absences and missing homework. The school and teacher, the teachers are being sued by parents who want their children's failing grades changed to passing grades, even though those children were absent anywhere from 15 to 30 times during the semester. And they didn't complete enough schoolwork to pass their classes. Again, I'm not making this up. You're not going to believe this. Here's the outgoing message. Hello, you have reached the automated answering service of your school. In order to assist you in connecting to the right staff member, Please listen to all the options before making a selection. To lie about why your child is absent, press one. To make excuses for why your child did not do his work, press two. To complain about what we do, press three. To swear at staff members, press four. To ask why you didn't get information that was already enclosed in your newsletter, and several flyers mailed out to you, press five. If you want us to raise your child, press six. If you want to reach out and touch, slap or hit someone, press seven. To request another teacher for the third time this year, press eight. To complain about bus transportation, press nine. To complain about school luncheons, press zero. 
if you realize this is the real world and your child must be accountable and responsible for his or her own behavior, for their classwork, for homework, and that it's not the teacher's fault for your child's lack of effort, hang up and have a nice day. Finally, if you want this in Spanish, you must be in the wrong country. This is supposedly the message that was that came from the Pacific Palisades High School in California staff. And they voted unanimously to record this on their school telephone answer machine. No, that's all right. Believe it if you want. I do. And I'm not going to say much because I think that says it all and so well said. And with that said, before we get into the price of children, just think about this for one quick second. Just think about what uh, what our teachers make in the way of money. Think about that. Then think about all these other high-priced entertainment officials and things. And think about where you and I would be and what price would you put on education? Now, as for the price of children, this is just too good not to pass on at all. Something absolutely positive for a change. I've repeatedly seen the breakdown of the cost of raising a child, but this is the first time I've seen the rewards listed this way. It's nice. The government recently, and this was back in the early 2000s, calculated the cost of raising a child from birth to 18. This is what they came up with, $160,140 for a middle-income family. wonder who those are, middle-income. Anyway, talk about sticker shock. That doesn't even touch college tuition. But $160,000, $160,140 isn't so bad. Let's break it down. $8,896.60 a year, $741.30 a month, $171.08 a week. That's a mere $24.24 .24 a day or just over a dollar an hour. Still, you might think the best financial advice is don't have children if you want to be rich. But when you think about it, actually, it's just the opposite. So what do you get for $160,000, $160,140? Well, you get naming rights, first, middle, and last. Glimpses of God every day giggles under the covers every night more love than your heart can hold butterfly kisses and velcro velcro hugs endless wonder over rocks ants clouds and warm cookies a hand to hold covered with jelly or chocolate 
a partner for blowing bubbles, flying kites. Someone to laugh yourself silly with no matter what the boss said or how your stocks performed that day. For $160,140, you never have to grow up. You get to have and get to do finger painting, car pumpkins, play hide and seek, catch lightning bugs, and never stop believing in Santa Claus. You have an excuse to keep reading the adventures of Piglet and Pooh, watching Saturday morning cartoons, going to Disney movies, and wishing on stars. You get to frame rainbows, hearts, flowers under refrigerator magnets, and collect spray-painted noodle wreaths for Christmas, handprints set in clay for Mother's Day, and cards with backward letters for Father's Day. For $160,140, there's no greater bang for your buck. You just get to be a hero just for retrieving a Frisbee off the garage roof, taking the training wheels off a bike, removing a splinter, filling a wading pool, coaxing a wad of gum out of the bangs, coaching a baseball team that never wins, but always gets treated to ice cream regardless. You get a front row seat to history to witness the first step, the first word, the first bra, the first date and the first time behind the wheel. You get to be immortal. You get another branch added to your family tree. And if you're lucky, a long list of limbs in your obituary called grandchildren and great-grandchildren. You get an education in psychology, in nursing, in criminal justice, in communications, and human sexuality that no college can match. In the eyes of a child, you rank right up there under God. You have all the power to heal a little boo-boo, scare away the monsters under the bed, patch a broken heart, police a slumber party, ground them forever, and love them without limits. So, one day, they will, like you, love without counting the cost. Wouldn't you say that's quite a deal for the price? The price of children? Think about it. Think about all the joy that you have in your heart. Think about all the times that they just came up and gave you a hug because they wanted to. And glow in the time when they say, you're not, you're, you are smarter. You're not so dumb. Mom or dad.
as they raise their children. Love them unconditionally. Give them all you can. For no one could trade the price of children. No price. No price given. And it's time now to begin the lesson. We'll go into the next lesson, which is about teachers. So don't go anywhere. As we begin this day and the finish of the teachers that you have been listening to, I wanted to add the following, for I feel like this is so timely biblically. If you would turn with me to Luke 10, 38 through 41. This is where Jesus visits both Mary and Martha. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Think about this. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Martha was distracted by all the preparations. She was distracted by what needed to be done to make the place that she had, the food preparations, the cleaning, to make everything look almost perfect. Mary, on the other hand, sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he had to say. Are we any different, especially in today, where we're, we are distracted by all things, food preparations, cleaning, buying presents, moving from here to there, preparing for families, we take the Lord and put him over in a corner. We'll get to him, maybe after the holidays, but we'll get to him. You see, I guess in so many ways, we're all like Martha, distracted. And as it says in the text, Jesus didn't blame Martha for being concerned about household chores. He was only asking her to set priorities. It's possible to service to Christ to degenerate into mere busy work that is no longer full of devotion to God. Make no mistake that both Mary and Martha loved Jesus. On this occasion, they were both serving her, 
but Martha thought Mary's style of serving was inferior to hers. She didn't realize that in her desire to serve, she was actually neglecting her guest. Don't let your service become self-serving. <clears throat> These are notes right out of the NIV and so appropriate in today's society. Don't let, don't let this happen. Even in the busiest times, don't neglect Jesus. Reflect on all the wonderful things that he's done. Take the time to be with him. Put him as the first concern, the first priority, and the object of our affections as the first. Like he says, he'll never leave you nor desert you. Do the same courtesy to him. That's what Mary did. She listened to what he had to say. Are we to be no different? Are we not to read the Bible? To take the time to pray? And give him thanks for all that he's done? Don't do this just on Christmas, but each day. And may the Lord be with you in all things and all ways. Folks, I'm not here to judge because I do this also. But I read such as Luke 10, 38 through 41, and it hits home. These are not just words, but these are actually actions to live by. So I ask you to read and consider and to be like Mary. Don't be distracted. And thank you for listening to the Jeff Casella program and may you have a Merry Christmas.